Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. Hello. We're talking about how to live a loving life. This week, we're going to talk about the story of the prodigal son. You know, this was a parable that Jesus told. And I want to approach it as, as I saw it the first time I read it, and then what slowly got revealed to me over time as I, as I read it again and again, and I grew in my faith and my understanding of love and, and Jesus and everything he was trying to communicate here, because there's so much more to this story than, than most people think whenever, if they've just heard about the story of the prodigal son. I mean, the, the, the general understanding of the story is it's just about a, not just, but it's about, uh, a younger brother, I believe, and that decided to go leave his father and waste his inheritance and repent, and then he comes back home and is glad. His dad's glad he came back home. That's part of the story, but that's just a just a part of the story. And there's there's another brother involved, and that's a whole different story. And 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 I think, you know, the first time I heard this story, I like. I was definitely the other brother and that uh, not that I wasn't also the one who left <laughs> at times, but in my mind, when I read this story, um, I like I 100% connected with the brother who stayed, especially whenever son comes home and the father welcomed him and the, and the, the brother who stayed, who was out in the field working, doing everything he was supposed to do. that was insanely offended by what happened, like I, that connected with me to my core, made perfect sense to me. And this other guy and the dad, I was like, man, this this dad's an enabler or something. What's going on here? And this kid, like, did like nothing about the story made sense to me. After you know, at first it did, but then it didn't. And 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 I was just like, this is crazy. I can't understand this. But I want Tammy. I want if you don't mind, she's gonna read. The full story of the prodigal son. It's only take a couple of minutes. If you haven't heard it or if you've heard it before, listen to this and pay attention to what's going on here. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, I, th- I think, what Jesus was revealing to us was a lot more than we think. And we'll talk about that. But go ahead. The story is found in Luke 15, 11 through 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons, The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. 
But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeying your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What an awesome story. It is. And so when I, the first time I read that, you know, okay, this is what I, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. Little brother, um, decides to ask for dad's inheritance before he dies, mm-hmm. first of all. And then he takes that half and he goes out and squanders it and he loses everything. And then he comes home and instead of dad saying, hey, man, I don't know what you're coming here for. You just took all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what, 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 what do you want? You know, um, he slaughters the fat calf. He celebrates his coming home. So then when the big brother is like, you know, he's out working in the field. He did everything he was supposed to do. And then he comes in and he's upset. And in my mind, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he be? And I don't understand. So the first time I read this, I totally understand the older brother. I don't understand the younger brother. And I don't understand the dad. Like, I don't, I'm I'm confused. But what I'm realizing now is the story wasn't just about the little brother. Mm -hmm. It was about the dad and about the big brother. And that the little brother and the big brother represented the same thing. They were both selfish. In other words, the little brother was selfish, me first, to the extent he had the nerve to ask for his inheritance and go out there and waste it away. And with no concern, obviously, for his dad and his other brother, he left the big brother there to do all the work. He, he didn't have any help anymore, right? The big brother was selfish in his own pride in that he wasn't doing all those things for his dad. He was doing all those things for himself, he was doing it for his dad, but he revealed, which if you listen to what he what the big brother's saying, and when Jesus is telling this story, so it's not like the big brother just said this. Jesus 
fabricated or created this story as a parable unless it's happened and he's telling what he knew happened, but he, he's telling you a story and he's weaving into it truths that he wants you to discover. And, and part of that is the, the big brother saying, I did all of this and you didn't do any of that for me and you're not doing anything for me. And so then the, the, the why behind why the big brother did everything he did became himself. So the big brother was like, the Pharisees, the big brother was like all prideful people, like we tend to be sometimes, where we do all of these things that we think makes us better than someone else. And the little brother was like the world. You know, he just, he wanted what he wanted, and he took it, and he, and he squandered it. So when he comes home, here's the difference between them at the end of the story, I think. The difference between the big and the little brother at the end of the story is that the little brother had repented. Like he went and squandered all of his stuff, but he actually repented. So, and, and you can think of it this way. I think, I don't know, but I think if the little brother in this story had come home and said, hey, I, I, I ran out of money. I need some more money. I need some of my big brother's inheritance too. And I need some more other stuff so I can go back out here and do all of this stuff. I think then maybe the father would have told him, no, I don't think so. Like, well, we're not doing that. But because he came home broken. So I, I use this to check myself sometimes to make sure I'm not the big brother is if someone who hurt me and offended me actually repents and they come back to God and they're sincere in their motives Am I going to be like the big brother? And if God blesses them, am I going to be angry and thank God you never did that for me? I mean, they did all of that. They repented. They came back. And now they got this. I never did all of that. And you're not doing that for me. Then I think I'm the problem. Yeah. Right? That's good. Yeah. But if the people who hurt us, they offend us, uh, they're selfish like we all all sometimes, um, if they truly repent, would I actually be glad that they came back to the Lord and have no problem forgiving Him? Would I be excited that their lives got blessed because they surrendered? So, you know, would the big brother, if I was the big brother, would I be with my dad running down the road to meet my little brother coming back? And hoping that he was actually coming back to repent, not coming back to say, hey, I ran out of money. Give me some more. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just so eye-opening to me and revealing to me what the big brother did in addition to. So Jesus was showing them, showing us both of them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I love the part, too, just about how it says that. The father, when the, the son, the younger son was coming back and he was still a long way off, his father saw him and then he was filled with compassion and he ran to his son. And that just makes me think about our heavenly father. Like when we come to him, you know, when we've gone astray and sinned against him, even if it's over and over and over you know, if we come back to him and we're truly repentant, it makes you want to cry. Like, he's there just waiting, you know, just to put his arms around us and 
that's just incredible to me. Yeah, I agree. And so then you got to wonder like why, and I wondered this earlier, we talked about it earlier before this podcast. Why did the big brother, why did he do what he did? Yeah. Why did he respond that? Have you thought about that? Why did he respond that way? Yeah. So, so why would, what makes us when we're the big brother? Okay. Um, and I think we've all been both. Right. The younger and the, the older. That's exactly right. So why do we, in this case, why did the big brother respond like he did? Because that's where, I mean, that's where things can change. I mean, we can talk about who did what and how they did it and what they did and all that. And and we can make sense all, out of all of that. But the whole purpose of understanding all of this is to that we, that something could actually change. And so then for something to change, I think you got to go a little deeper. You got to go, why, why did he do that? What did, what did the big brother believe mm-hmm. that resulted in him in, in him doing that? Because normally what we do, we do based on a decision we've made long before something we already believe, even if we aren't conscious of it, we've made some decision that now we believe. And because we believe that everything else we do flows from that belief and so what is it that the big brother believed that made him become the problem just like his little brother? Just in a different, just the opposite side of the same coin. I think, I think what he believed was somewhere along the way, probably, this is total speculation, but this is how it plays out in our lives, okay? He was good, the big brother was good at being obedient, and the little brother was not so good at being obedient. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. But somewhere along the way, the big brother allowed his gift of obedience to lead him to believe that that made him more valuable mm-hmm. or that he deserved something for that, that that obedience made him good and that he should be rewarded for that. And and somehow he he started believing that obedient people were more valuable than disobedient people. And I think that's a big part of this whole story. It's not just that that God forgives and that he runs to those who repent, but that though he loves obedience, it's for your sake. And obedience does not make you more valuable. In other words, God doesn't, this father in the prodigal son, he didn't love one son and not love the other. And he didn't love either son because of their obedience. That's obvious because his one son became disobedient and left. And when he came home, his father still loved him. Mm -hmm. He didn't stop loving him because he was disobedient. But the big brother, somehow he had concluded that his father's love for him was based on his obedience. And I think Jesus was showing us that His love, that God's love for us, is not based on our obedience. If it was, who would be loved? Because no one is obedient. So if we think we're so obedient that we're more valuable to God, we're more loved by God than those who are disobedient, we're just like the big brother, Mm -hmm. who is just like the little brother. We're all selfish. Mm -hmm. And so I think, what helps me is to realize that, thank God, I want to be obedient. 
but I'm not obedient so God will love me. I'm obedient because he loves me. Mm-hmm. I want to be obedient because he loves me. And so I think if the big brother, somehow when he made that decision somewhere in his youth or somewhere along the way, he decided that it was his obedience that earned his father's love. And that his little, so when, once you believe that, disobedience means you don't deserve love. So why? So his little brother didn't deserve love. And somehow this is this was my own mindset because like without even knowing this is how I lived. This was this was the core of my belief without me even knowing. I don't even know how I developed it. Because when I first read the story, I'm the big brother. Yeah. And I totally get everything about him because it aligned with my broken beliefs. Right. But as I learn how who who love really is, what love really is, how Jesus really loves us, then I start seeing the truth. So what first appeared as foolishness to me was actually wisdom and truth. It's like it was so foolish to me. Everything in that story, you know, with the, and, and I'm totally with the big brother. Now I see that the big brother was the fool. Mm-hmm. And so was the little brother. Mm-hmm. And because they had broken beliefs. And but within the story, what we realize and what Jesus has shown us is that God doesn't love you because of you. He loves you because of who he is. Yeah. And obedience is a wonderful thing. I'm not saying it's not. It'll bless your life. But it has nothing to do with God's love for you. Mm-hmm. And if the big brother I think if he'd have got that in real life, when we get that, then when we see the little brother coming home. We're with the dad yeah. running down. We might be the old man to our little brother. Right. And he didn't even call him his little brother. Wasn't that something? When you read that story again, I just then I was like, he didn't say when my little brother came home. He said when that son of yours yeah. came right. home. Right. And I, I'm like, wow, Jesus wove all of that in there. Mm-hmm. Like there's something in everything he says. We just look, we walk right past it. But yeah, that son of yours and... If the big brother, hopefully the big brother, you know, in real life figures this out and he's just as repentant as the little brother and we can be both. I would say we're all both from time to time. Yeah. Does that make sense? And then the daddy says, after he says, this son of yours, the daddy says, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. Wow. So Jesus was making it that clear. Yeah. And it took me 30 years to understand, it. <laughs> you know, this son of yours. But then the dad says, oh, no, right. what you meant to say is your brother. Right. This brother of yours yeah. that you don't love anymore, yeah. that you could care less about. And so wrap this up with this. We need to check our own hearts. And I, 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 a couple of ways I think you can check your heart is one is to just ask yourself if the people that you feel like are disobedient, deserve to be punished and everything else, if they repented and if they did like this little brother and truly came back, would you be envious and angry? If so, something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Or would you be like the father? Would you be excited and grateful? Mm -hmm. And another way to check yourself is to ask your, you know, I think... What do we have to be careful of is that we don't start hating and hates all around us all the time. And, and you can almost suggest the little, at least the big brother, at least despised his little brother in this scenario and that we don't start despising people. Yeah. And so how do you know if hate is just around you 
or if it's actually in you. And I think if hate is just around you and the people that are hating or you think you hate change, will you be happy and grateful? But and, and if and, and if anything bad happens to them, would you celebrate it? Something bad happening to them? Would you be glad that something bad happened to them? If so, that hate is in you. Mm-hmm. It's not just around you. But if they actually changed and became better for what they went through, truly repented, if you'd be grateful and glad for that, then the hate's not, it's not in you. It's just around you. But all the hate around us is always trying to get in us. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got to be careful of. All that hate around us is trying to get in us. So I hope this made sense. I hope it helps you a little bit and challenges you to check your own heart. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're trying to do in every podcast. We try to keep them short, to the point, and, and try to address some really specific truth that has been revealed in our lives that we found over time that changed the way we saw everything. And I hope we're doing a decent job of doing that. And thank you, Tammy, for always joining me. And you talked a little more this time. Did I? That was awesome. <laughs> we have to do the lecture at the beginning of every podcast. <laughs> Till next time, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.